you know, people that that have sex in school when they're pretty young. They've like, got a bit of a mystique Yeah, to there's them. like a swagger to oh, them. Like, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, like, there's right. a bop to that step. Right. You know? Whereas in my school, it was like, burn her. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbins. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff today. We've got lots of opinions to give and some advice as well. Should be a fun time. Ain't that right? I, I concur. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, hey guys. This week... We're very excited to answer all your questions that you sent us uh, at our email, which is crashonmycouchshow at gmail.com, or if you left us a voicemail at 42426-COUCH. Thank you for your questions. We're so excited to answer them. Yay. Do we want to start with an email, Will? Yeah, we would We would love to start with an email. Yay. I'm going to start with an email. Okay. So this is from Isabel. Hello, Isabel. Hi. It's a pretty name you got there. That was creepy. Uh, from Isabel, is it acceptable for a girl to ask a guy out? How do I do that without completely embarrassing myself? Okay, is it acceptable for a girl to ask a guy out? Yes. How do I do that without completely embarrassing myself? Um, did I technically ask you out? Because you asked me out and then I stood you up. But then I slid. Mm, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But then I slid back into your DMs and was like, yo, you like that Game of Thrones, though? I don't know if, like, either of us asked each other out. I think it was just, like, a mutual thing. A mutual thing, thing yeah. where it was like, hey, we talk a lot. It wasn't as, like, black and white. It was like, hey, would you like to go and do this? I think it was like, oh, I'm coming to London. We should just, like, hang out. And I was like, get out, of course. Oh. <gasps> Right, so then technically I did ask you out because I was like, because you came to London, I guess. Because I flew to a different country to go on a date with you. Yeah, cool, cool, That's cool. How you do it, guys. Um, okay, okay. So from my perspective, then the way that you ask someone out is get to know them to a certain point where it's almost uncomfortable to not go out on a date with them. Yes, because it would be weird if we hadn't gone on a date. Yeah, then it would just it would would have just been like two random people start like talking. Non-stop. <laughs> yeah, non-stop. And then didn't do anything with it. <laughs> just Did like nothing romantically. Two random people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it would have been sweet. Yeah, we would have been really cute. What if we had done that for like, oh man, we ruined it. What if we had done that <laughs> for like five years and then we started dating? Like that I met Sally. Yeah, that would have been so cute. Yep. Damn it, we fucked up, dude. We fucked up. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy asking a guy out. I think that's going to no. be the, the norm now. Honestly, it Good. is. Let's see more of that stuff. Yeah. Like, listen, I get it because it's fun not having the pressure of being the person to ask out. But sometimes, like, people are just human and, and like, guys might want to ask you out, but they feel awkward themselves. Mm. So, like, if you didn't say something and he doesn't say something and no one says something, no one's happy. You know? Like, why do we have to follow this old stereotype that men are going to be like, uh, hey, Laura, I want to take you to the dance. Here's my varsity pin. Like, that that's just not a reality anymore. It's my varsity pin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My varsity jacket. want to go steady. Yeah, I want to go steady. This is not a thing anymore. And so you have to kind of, you know, adapt to to the modern world where yeah. we're and like independent with, ladies. With, like, you know, dating apps and everything else, like, there is such a 
like bloodline between what's acceptable and how to go about things now like it's not as black and white as it was like there are so many different ways you can approach dating now because of the internet and because of technology like that there can never there's no longer going to be like a thing like a guy has to ask a girl out like no but on top of that like i'm i don't know maybe i'm one of those people where i didn't ask a lot of people out the one time i asked someone out before i started dating you he just like ghosted me constantly. He was also like a thirty-year-old British man, so that's probably why he didn't want to talk to me. He was like, me. "Nah." He was like, "Bro, cool, but you're like a child, so no." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, I feel like you put yourself in a situation when you want to date someone where you're familiar enough with them that either person could ask the question without it being weird. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be this big thing, like. You get down on one knee and give them a bouquet, and, and like you guys are linked forever, like mating doves. You you can just be like, bro, want to go? You you told me that you really liked that that new Marvel movie. Just, yeah, it doesn't you know? have to be as like like rigid as like, hey, would, would you, you like, you like to, to go, to go on a date with me to this place? You know, yes it can just or no? Be like, it can be like, what are you up to this weekend? I would love to go see this. Want to go with me? You know. We we have some of our friends that like have gone on uh, not necessarily dates but like friendly things and like it's not determined whether it's a date or not. Like it's hard. Oh, it's vague. You, I guess like when you ask someone out, you have to like ask them out in a way which is just fine and relaxed, but then make it clear like that it's it is a romantic it's a gesture romantic thing. Because I feel like I've heard so many times like people have asked people out and then they get to it and it's like oh wait is this a date like i didn't realize it was a date Ugh. you know and Ugh. then it's like this awkward thing because it's like oh okay yeah We're romantic would. yeah and you could set the set the tone for yourself but i think to answer your question how do i not embarrass myself that's like a personal thing you will feel embarrassment regardless of what you say if you are embarrassed about asking someone out like it doesn't matter what you how you phrase it you will be embarrassed if you are going to be embarrassed about asking someone out if that makes sense like if the act of asking someone out makes you uncomfortable then maybe you should think about why that is so is it just because you're intimidated by this guy like do you do you feel like he's going to say no but you know like with anything like that like they're just people are worried like they're gonna get turned down or like someone's gonna say right you know then you gotta think this guy this guy might be thinking the exact same thing yeah, I you mean, know? at the end of the day, like, if you don't ask him out, then you'll never know what happens. And you just live your yeah. life thinking, man, I wish I'd asked out that person. Or I wish something had yeah. happened there. So you, maybe he's just as scared as you are. So I guess you should just go, go for, for it. it, bro. Yeah, go because what's, what's the worst that could happen? I know. And honestly, I mean, I say this kind of to a lot of the questions that we answer on here. But a lot of people that are asking us these questions are pretty young. Our audience is pretty young. And to most of the the questions that we get, I want to say, like, you guys are young. You can make these kind of mistakes, and it will not matter in, like, five years. Yeah. Not even five years. Like, three months, it won't matter. Yeah. So, like, just ask the guy out or, like, go out to the party or do whatever it is that you're nervous about because you might as well do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't pan out, that's a life lesson you learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. I don't know. I love a sense of fearlessness when it comes to this kind of thing. So just go for it, bro. Yeah. You got this. You got this. And even if you're embarrassed about it afterwards, like, life lesson. And on top of that... If you are rejected, 
that's fine. Then you know it's not it's not right because two have to play. You know, there 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 has to be two to tango. So if that other dude is not not wanting this, then you don't want him. You don't want someone who like doesn't want to be with you. So you're gonna find someone else who does want to be with you, and that's that's the best part about this. If you do ask him out and he says yes, that's great and wonderful and delightful. But if he says no, you're like, dope, cool. Don't have to waste my energy on this anymore. Done. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I know you're saying. Thank you so much for your question. Yeah, thank you. But I think it might be time to move on to another one. Yeah. Um, hi Arden. Um, I was wondering if uh there's a place in the world that you have not gone to but you want to go to. Love you. Yeah, I want to go somewhere tropical and wonderful. I also really would love to go to India as just as a continent. India's, Never been. India's pretty cool. Yeah, you went on the rickshaw run, bruh. I did. I did indeed. You went across India. I did India. Yeah, and I want to go now. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy country. Yeah. Also, I don't have a good appreciation for Indian food, so I want to be, like, really in the trenches oh, there. Oh, man, it is so good. It is oh, so good. I just, I never grew up with Indian food, so I, I really want to get, like, a full, full experience yeah. of what yeah, yeah, India yeah. has to yeah. offer. Oh, yeah, it's great. Culinarily. It's great. It's great. Culinarily? The flavors there are just amazing. You know? Right. Um, I would love to go to Japan. You've never been to Duh. Japan. Duh. That is the big place. Oh my god. To go to. We should go this year. I think we definitely should try to and go. And then this I year. really want to go to Scandinavia. Um Yeah, I kinda I just wanna do like those countries, I guess. I wanna do like Finland and Sweden and Denmark and Norway and Norway all those and all those fun places. Yeah. Apparently like they're the they're the best places to be ATM. And beautiful. Yeah. Like Norwegian woods. Forests Ugh. are apparently. Nuts. I just want to hang with the fairies and hang with the the Norwegian elves and the forest cats and the yeah forest cats. Become an elf spotter. That's but, yeah. A thing. That's just what I want to do with my time. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. So thank you for your question. Hope that helps. Hi, Arden and Will. My name is Michaela. Um, I have a question regarding my relationship. I've been dating this guy for about two years. Madly in love with him. We live in the same uh, area. We see each other quite often. But my question is, how do you know when or when or when it's not okay to be talking about, like, future things and to be kind of, like, moving forward? I Like I said, I've been, you know, dating this guy for a really long time. I'm super in love with him. He, he's everything to me. It's just that sometimes I get really carried away with, you know, what to say and what not to say. And, you know, where does that communication uh, have a boundary? And that's basically my question. So thanks for answering. Um, and maybe you can answer that from a guy's perspective, bruh. Um, thank you for your question, Michaela, first yeah, of all. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for leaving us a voicemail. Thanks, Michaela. Um, I mean, I guess it just varies with the situation you're in, I guess. But you, if you've been with that guy for a long time, then... Um, I would guess it's something that probably needs to come up in conversation. Well, I guess it also depends how old you are. Do we know how old Michaela is? We don't, but it says that they've been dating for a while and they live in the same area. So there's not like a boundary. So they haven't moved in together yet then? No, I guess they don't. They haven't. No. Um, Which not everyone does. Not everyone moves in together. No, no, no. Of course not. Um, I guess it's just a thing with age, isn't it? Like as as you get older, you just kind of want to do that stuff, don't you? Yeah, well, I think I think maybe... I wish I knew what age she was and her boyfriend was because I think that would because when you're younger and you're like a teenager you make a lot of dumb promises yeah about like oh I'm gonna get married to you in seven years I can't wait to have your children yeah 
And, like, you're... There's an unsaid thing where everyone knows you're just goofing. Like, it's just like, well, who knows what's going to happen. Sure. But I think once you get to a bit of an older age, depending on who you are, it's personality-based as well, I feel like you kind of start taking things a bit more seriously. I'm a future planner. I am not one of those people that flies by the seat of her pants most of the time. So, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is also something where it's like your chemistry dictates how you respond to this. So, like, if you guys don't have those future conversations, then – and it's just like an unspoken thing. Like, has he ever kind of shut you down trying to have one of those conversations? Have you shut him down? Yeah, have you ever made a joke about yeah, it? And like, then he's been like, oh, no. Well, or has he been like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess it's just you just got to gauge it, haven't you? Just yeah. Just like see, see, get a feel for it. Yeah, because we, we joke quite a bit. Like at the beginning of a relationship, we joke around. Yeah. But now we're very serious and it's not like we're worried about our future paths mm. at all. Um, and I hope the same for your relationship. I think it's just about having, like, an open dialogue. As with anything, communication is key. So if, if, you know, you're worried about it or you are a future planner and you feel like he is not, he might just be totally unaware of it. You might not... I think there's, like, a stigma that men get scared when you ask them questions about the future, like, where do you see us in five years? Or, like, things like that. There's just, yeah. like, this weird stigma, yeah. which is just not true of everyone. Yeah. Sure, some people can get scared by, like, marriage talk or future talk at all. But I think the only way that you're going to find out if someone is going to be scared about that is just, like, asking the question. Yeah. As with most things. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. I know that these situations are delicate and you don't want to, like, throw someone off. But I don't know. You're not going to know unless you ask. I agree. And it doesn't even have to be something very accusatory. Like, you don't have to necessarily put yourself on the chopping block. You can just be like, well, we're happy with this. Like, Really yeah, you know, like, yeah, exactly. It could just, well, you just, you know, you slip it into conversation. Like, yeah, it oh, doesn't. So what are you going to be doing? In yeah. Because yeah. I've heard about other people, too, that have that have had conversations with people, actually our friends, um, and, like, during the whole relationship, parties have been like, oh, man, I can't wait to date X person, or, like, oh, man, like, I feel like my future boyfriend is going to be, like, X. And they're saying this to their current partner. Like, making it very apparent that this is a short-term thing right. rather than something long-term. And, man, that's kind of weird, isn't it? That's like yeah, a weird thing Yeah, I think that's kind of whack. Do. Well, you know, it's like it's putting an expiration date on something that's supposed to be fun. And, like, if you want to put an expiration date on something, just break up and be friends with benefits. Like, don't make it something – because part of being in a relationship is, is not only commitment but investing time, emotions, and, like, mental well-being into someone else. So if you're not going to have those future conversations and you're not going to plan – you're kind of stalling yourself out yeah, in a and, weird way. And there's that cliche, like, when people start dating to begin with, where they're like, oh, um, where do you see this going? And they, there's that big thing where people yeah. react differently. But, you know, if you've been together with him for a while, then... You already know where you're going, bro. Yeah. Like, if it's, it, you know... Yeah, but I mean, like, you're at a point where if you've been together with someone for, like, that long amount of time, then... You know, the conversation should just be an easy conversation to have. That's the thing. Because I'm not worried about having a conversation like that with you. Mm. Not to bring our relationship into every single one of these questions. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like if you're with the right person, and this might be a bit of a stigma and an overarching statement, but I feel like if you're with the right person, these conversations shouldn't be difficult. Mm. Like, it, 
I know some people can be sensitive about this sort of thing, but maybe just like test the waters. The water's fine, bro. Thank you so much for your question. Yeah, thank you. But I think it might be time to move on to another one. Yeah. Yo, if I'm on the podcast, then that's dope. Anyways, though, <laughs> how have your views towards sex changed from before to after you were virgins? And that's from Audra. And, Audra. Um, yeah, and she says that uh, she is Audra underscore Gillespie on Instagram. Just saying, uh, ha, 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 uh, bye. Thank you, Audra. Love that, love that self-promotion in the end. <laughs> I totally get it. You know what? Gamers playing games. I love it. Um, I think once you've started having sex and you, like, understand what's going on anatomically, you realize that it's just, like, not a big deal anymore. Like, everyone makes it out to be such a big deal. Yeah, when I was, like... Like 17, 18, 16, 17, 18. I remember I was just like so, like, like so, I just didn't know anything about sex and I was so, like, so Aww. scared of it. Aww. So, like, and I think everyone is though at that age. Yeah. Everyone's just like so scared of what that entails because <laughs> it's such, just such a huge thing growing up. That must be a weird thing from a guy's perspective too because when I was younger, I was like, Sex is something that is done to me, not necessarily something that I have to participate right, in. Right. Now I know that's not true. Yeah. Now I know that that's a different thing entirely. But it must be weird from a guy's perspective because I feel like there's this pressure for guys to, like, initiate. and Yeah, and there's also, you know, like, there's the guy, the stupid guy thing where people are like, oh, yeah, have you lost your virginity yet? And like, there's this big, like, <laughs> pack mentality where people are talking about it and they're like, you know, trying to trying to get it done, and it's so it's like so stupid. It's and like a it's, checklist. I remember feeling so anxious about it when I was younger, like such an unnecessary pressure to 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 have it or to go through that. Did you um, did you have people in your school that were like, "Well, you haven't had sex yet? Weird. That's that's fucking." No, weird. it wasn't like as like obvious as that, but I think it's like you know people that that have sex in school when they're pretty young. They're They've like, got a bit of a mystique Yeah, there's to them. like a swagger to oh, them. Like, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, there's right. a bop to that step. Right. You know? Whereas in my school, it was like, burn her. <laughs> burn her at the stake. Burn her at the stake. Yeah, you know, it's, it just, I think it, it it varies. But the thing I've learned, like, after, at the end of it is like, it really isn't that big of a deal. No. And like, I should not have spent like x amount of years worrying about it or like feeling pressured by it and i think no nobody should like it's so like so doesn't matter no so doesn't matter when you have sex yeah two things are very important though when we're talking about sex in any capacity one safety is key so please use condoms please use condoms sometimes even when you're on birth control if you have a new partner use a condom it's just a really good idea. It's a smart move. Um, and then also make sure that you want to be having sex. That's the other thing. Like you were saying, you felt all this pressure. And maybe maybe you wanted to have sex. But like I, I – and I wanted to have sex. But there are some people who just don't – they aren't ready for it or they don't want to have it right then. And that's totally fine too. If you don't like the partner that you've kind of committed to or you don't feel comfortable – losing your virginity to someone you don't have to have sex with them even if you put yourself in a sexual situation you can be like i'm backing out right now you can back out anytime you do not it's not like this weird thing where it's like all or nothing jumping out of a plane sure like (laughs) you are fine to say no in any situation yeah yes consent is key verbal communication is key yeah 
yeses are good. Yeah. Noes are good. Yeah. Just be firm with one of them. Yeah. Also, one other thing that I think is just, like, important to point out, because this is, like, just information that we learned after we had sex for the first time. Um, for the first, like, a couple months to a year of you having sex, you're going to get a lot of shit wrong. And that's okay. Like, it, most of sex is just a learning experience, especially depending on who your partner is. Like, you have to learn your partner's body and, like, preferences. So most of the pressure you feel – I remember feeling tons of pressure also before sex to perform and, like, be, like, good at it. Like, it was a competition rather than, like, a fun activity that humans do together. And as I've grown up, now I realize how ridiculous that is. Like, now sex is, like, a release to me, which is what it's supposed to be. Like, a relief, a release, fun, not competitive. Mm. Like, this – and maybe it's because I make everything competitive, but it doesn't have to be this, like, thing that you are better at than other people. It's a learning experience. and Like, you learn to do it in a different way than other people do, and it's not a bad thing. And, like – it's all about communication as well. So, like, if you feel right. uncomfortable or, like, your first time, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Ask questions. That's the best thing that you can do is just, like, ask questions. Ask your partner questions. Look it up beforehand online. You know, do the whole thing. Sure. Education is power. Sure. Knowledge is power. Sure. So, yeah. And then just don't be don't be nervous about it. Everyone's first time is weird. Yeah. Like, very weird. Yeah. I mean, I, like, basically – I mean, I didn't force my, my boyfriend to have sex with me the first time, but I did ask him to drive me to, to CVS to get condoms. <laughs> that was – I was I was the one being like, listen, we, we got to get this over with. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That's that's pretty much what I got to say on that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree not a big deal. It's so not a big deal. Yeah. It's supposed to be very fun. Yeah. And it can be. But it also can be just, like, terrible and, like, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, sex. Do we have time for any more questions? Hello, my name is Lauren Boykes, and I am 17 years old. My question for you was, I've I've suffered with trichotillomania ever since I was in sixth grade, and I was wondering, how do you get past this? How do you change your mindset, and what are some tips and tricks that you have over the years that have helped you overcome um, this challenge? Thank you so much, and I love watching your YouTube videos. Um, have a lovely day. Bye. Well, hello, Lauren, and thank you for your question. Um, hello, fellow sufferer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let you tether right on this one. You know this one. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Lauren, um, I feel you hardcore. Pretty much been suffering with tricks since I was 13, or living with tricks since I was 13. And um, I understand completely how you are feeling. Throughout high school and pretty much when I was your age, that was when my trick was the worst. And I don't mean to say that to make you feel worried or anything like that, but I know where you are at right now if you were in the same place that I was. And to that I say, it's all good. It's all good. When I realized that, like, it didn't really matter if I didn't have eyelashes or eyebrows or, like, hair on my head, that's when I stopped feeling most of the urges to pick and pull because a large portion of my trick was triggered when I would see myself in the mirror without eyebrows or eyelashes, freak out, get obsessive because I was worried about it, calm myself down by participating in picking or pulling, and then I would look bad all over again. 
So, like, that was one of my biggest triggers. And the one thing that helped me combat that was not giving a fuck. And that's so hard to do. That's, like, the easy ad- easiest advice to give and hardest to follow because there's no, like, magic potion or, like, spell I can I can put on you to to make you feel like you don't care about it. But it's just something with age. You just realize that it doesn't really matter. And, like, now, you know, Will can tell you I still pick all the time. Like, you see me pretty much daily yeah. sit and just, like, mess with my eyelashes yeah. or mess with my eyebrows. Mostly it's my eyelashes now. Um, but I, it's gotten to a point where if he stops me, I know to stop unless I'm very stressed out. Like, I'm aware of it enough. So I, I guess the number one thing I can tell you is, A, it's okay. It might feel really weird and, like, you're the only person that has this. That's just – it's not true. Um, I have it first of all. So, Hey, we're buddies. Um, and second of all, you need people around you to keep you from participating in it. And that doesn't mean they have to like be mean or like slap your hand away, but just like telling your parents, telling your best friends at school, maybe even telling your teachers. That's one thing I wish I had done where I had just been like, Hey, I know this is like a really weird thing to talk about, but if you would just remind me if I start doing something that looks obsessive. Because a lot of times it's just an absent-minded thing. Will knows. I don't even realize I'm doing it until I'm, like, halfway through a picking session. So if you can just kind of let other people be aware of it, that's when you will become more aware of it. Because they'll notice. It's, it's like, a weird habit to do. Because it's not, like, a natural thing to go and pick out your eyelashes or your eyebrows or your hair. But... You are not aware of it because it's natural to you. Yeah. So if you can make other people aware, you will be more aware. And that's yep. a good thing. And then you'll know when what your triggers are as well. Because sometimes I won't realize that, you know, stress or sadness or sometimes even when I'm around my period, those are all triggers of my trick. I know that I will pick more around those times. So I'm more aware, aware of it and I know to, like, stop myself a bit more. So, yeah, those, that's my advice. Those are my advices to you. Yep. Dear Lauren, I hope you feel better. Do we have time for any more questions? Hello, you two. Uh, my name is Aaliyah Daniel Christian from North Carolina. And my question is, what song do you listen to on a bad day? And what song do you listen to on a really good day? Like your best mood song and your worst mood jam. Love you guys. I listen to, I li- you know what? I listen to Fleetwood Mac on a good day. Because we've got a record of theirs. We've got rumors on record. And it is beautiful on a good Sunday morning when you're just trying to clean up the apartment. Yeah. Happy Day, Fleetwood Mac. That's my Good Day album. Bad Day album is probably something like Beirut. Like No, No, No by Beirut. So that I can perk myself up because it's one of my favorite bands. Yeah. That's my answer. Yes. Um, Good Day... Let me have a think about this. This is this is important. I mean, you are an avid music listener. You know, you're like, you're big into it. You got playlists. You got mad Spotify playlists. So, um, yeah. What's like something which is like upbeat, like upbeat? What's something like I listen to which is, which is just nice? <laughs> you just, you love. I like a lot of bands. Like, I think when I'm in a good mood, like I listen to a lot of bands. Like, I like I love um pretty vague <laughs> yeah like i don't know like 
It's so different, difficult, because like, there are so many different things I would listen to if I'm in a good mood, you know? Like, I would listen to, like, Kanye West or Arcade Fire or... Arcade Fire is a good answer. The Arctic Monkeys. True. Or, like, it, like uh, I would listen to, like... Okay, so let's say that those are your top three. Like, old music as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It kind of varies. Um, but then when I'm, like, in, like a, like, a sadder mood, like a melancholy mood, I actually have a melancholy playlist. So oh I'll, uh, I'll let you in on this. Wait, can I can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a sad song. That's one that you listen to a lot, though. You love it's that one. It's a great one. song. By who is it? Uh, so the, the cover... It's not by Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley is the cover of it. Um, but you like the Jeff Buckley cover of Hollywood. Yeah. I, I know the guy that did the original, but I can't remember his name now. Um, but when I'm in a sad mood, when I'm, in a, when I'm in a bad mood, I'll usually listen to like stuff like... Man, that's so difficult. You can just give a I song. I don't really know. There's no song. Like, Can you connotate one? Like That's why I said Hallelujah, because it's kind of a... Lower like down. a dreary song. Yeah. Um, Unless you try to make yourself happy on a sad day. Oh, I listen to Death Cab when I'm in a, when I'm in a sad mood. I guess they're quite melancholy-ish, aren't they? Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. I don't really know, to be honest. Well, I think that's a good answer. Death Cab's a good answer. Death Cab's good for all scenarios. Honestly, yeah. I love Death Cab, especially their new album. So there you go best song worst song that actually kind of turned into artists and albums hope that was helpful in some way okay so our last question hiya arden and will i was wondering if you could help or maybe discuss this topic like many other people the experience of falling in love with someone is somewhat breathtaking just like when you ride a roller coaster that same feeling of excitement then relief after the falling part i feel like when you're in love the whole world seems to stop when you're with the person you love although after the lovey-dovey soppiness everything crumbles. How do you cope? It's happened to me before, but now riding this roller coaster has become scary as I can see the end of it coming fast. How do you cope in the best way when the feeling of love is taken from you? After a relationship, what's the best way to cope? What is the feeling after love? Lust? Longing? Sadness or anger? Whatever it is, I have the feeling it isn't positive, and I am not ready to finish this roller coaster ride just yet. So help me. Thanks a million. Love. Sylvia. It's a poetic way of saying that, Sylvia. Yeah, that was beautiful, Sylvia. Thank you for that. Um, first of all, that roller coaster doesn't have to end. Sure, it can slope a bit more. <laughs> There's not as many twists and turns. It turns into more of a... It doesn't do a loop-to-loop. It does a... Nope. It is a gentle slope. It's a water ride all of a sudden. Sure. Yeah. Just a gentle, like a lazy like a river. ride. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's not always going to be the Hulk, but it, it can be uh, <laughs> It can be the teacup ride. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, part of that roller coaster feeling is because you're learning everything about this person. You know, everything's new and fresh. And then when you, you know, get to know people a bit better doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get off the ride but you just get more comfortable you learn nuances of that person you get kind of like a buttery feeling around them rather than butterflies if that makes sense like you can feel more warmth and coziness it doesn't necessarily have to end in despair um i know that feeling i know when you end a relationship it can be very jarring and and weird to be ripped from something, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And if you've only had experiences where that does happen, that's also okay. You have those experiences a lot before you find someone that gives you 
gives you them them buttery feelings for several years instead of butterflies for six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, like, I think, like, to cope with a breakup as well, like, if it is, if it is going to end and it is going somewhere, like, you just need to take time to focus on yourself. Um, go off and take some time just to do things by yourself as well. Like, mm-hmm. just, like... Date yourself for Date a yourself, bit. yeah. That's yeah. basically what I'm trying to say. Um, and then you'll, you know, you'll find somebody else down the line. I think that everyone says that cliche, like, time is the biggest healer. But it's so and it's, fucking like, true. such an annoying thing to but say. But it's so true. But, like, it is actually completely true. I think after a while, you just find someone new, find someone different, find someone better for you because you've learned something from your previous relationship. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be a better time, a better, funner time. Um yeah, and I think if the relation, like, if you think that like, the roller coaster is coming to an end for you, like that maybe is like an indication that maybe it's not working out. Because like I never felt that in our relationship, like you know, like I don't think you ever really feel that. If it, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like it doesn't have to just end. Yeah, like, that's, if you think it's gonna, if saying. you think it's gonna end. Then maybe maybe it should end. I don't know. Like yeah, well, I mean, because mentality is different. Yeah, and I understand being worried about the end because maybe you're infatuated with this person and like you don't want it to end. So then you're kind of being a self saboteur. But if you're with the right people and you're enjoying someone and that person is enjoying you, and you just continue riding out that ride, like we did. Mm. Once again, relating our relationship back. But it's, hey, it's our experiences. Um, then you don't, it doesn't end. Like I said, it's like it's like it slopes rather than loop-de-loops all the time. Yeah. But it's not, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Plus, I hate loop-de-loops in roller coasters anyway, so. <laughs> Save the butterflies for someone else. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it seems, what, what this. It doesn't have to be so black and white, basically, yeah. I think. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, just so cutthroat, you know, like. Things change, like people change, like you know your feelings will change. Um, maybe you will want to be with that person. Maybe they won't want to be with you anymore. Like that's fine. maybe you will want to be with that person, but it's just different. Like that's just what happens. You yeah, know? yeah. And you just kind of gotta have to just go with it. Um, yeah. And maybe just like stop overthinking it because like if it's working, then it's working. But if you are having problems, then you know it's not working. It's just you know one of those things. Yeah. Um. And I liked your point in the email kind of asking about love versus lust and and all of that. I think one of the biggest things is, like, you're young. You're allowed to lust after people. You're allowed to be in love with people. You're allowed to experiment and and drop people and enjoy people's company. And, you know, you can go through all these stages where you just learn more about yourself and others and how you operate in a romantic relationship without feeling like you need to have, like, a marriage by the end of it, which is amazing because you can learn so much about yourself. Um, So, you know, take your youth as a gift where you can run around and do whatever you want you know right now and figure out what you like Mm. um and as far as love versus lust goes uh i i have a hard time separating them because i tend to kind of have both of those in line what about you do you lust do you love is it the same thing yeah i guess um because when I lust after someone, I'm like, mm, give me that. And then I get it, and then I love it. <laughs> that's like 
most of the time yeah. what happens to yeah, me. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I guess sometimes lust can be like, oh, I just want to like have that person and then after I like, I don't want to do anything more of that person because it's just like, you know, like sexual chemistry. You're just like, yeah, yeah I, that person is pretty fine. So I'm going to, I'm going to make that mine for a little bit of time. Sub. Um, but then that can be so with that conversation though that is another thing where like if you want to be a bit more sexually promiscuous and you'd rather kind of experiment in that realm you can consider that lust if you want but you can also just see it as like experimenting as long as you're having an open conversation with that other person you don't want to be like lusting after someone have sex with them and then drop them right after you have sex with them unless that's a conversation that you've had prior yeah so, like, with all of these things, communication is key. You don't want to be on the bad side of someone, like, lusting after you and then dropping you after they've had what they've wanted with you. And yeah. you wouldn't want to do a similar thing to someone else. So that's why you talk to the person that you are romantically entangled with in whatever way. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, lust leads to, leads to love for me. That's that's kind of my equation. Yeah. And that's just how I am wired. A lot of other people see love and lust as the same thing. Like they fall in love with every person that they are lusting after, but then they can drop them pretty easily. Um, and I think that's all just a personal – it's a very personal journey, like a, a personal sexual and emotional journey that you have to kind of suss out how you feel about things. Um, and we are blessed to be in a society where we can do that with minimal judgment yes so yeah so thank you to everyone who sent in comments and questions for crash on my couch show at gmail.com and also sent us a voicemail at 424-262-6824 we get a lot of wonderful questions on this show which is so great we get a lot of emails and voicemails and um, we know you guys are hearing them as well so if you hear any questions on the show that resonate with you that you want to answer feel free to answer them yourself send us your answers tell us what you think yeah tweet us email us us. do our job for us please um we would love to hear your opinion on all these things so if you have any questions for us any advice any bad advice we can impart on you or hopefully good advice we can give you um ask us a question And we will be happy to answer it. Absolutely. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. We would love for you to listen to our beautiful voices every week. Yeah, and if there are any other websites you listen to this podcast on, feel free to subscribe to us on that as well. Yeah, we're all over the place. We're all over the web. Our voices are all over the place. We're everywhere. Yes, we are. You better be careful. (laughs) Probably cameras in your bedroom. Who knows? Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you. Guys.